Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Beth. How are you, friend? Just so happy to have the lovely Emily Wilson here with us. Me too. Hi, Em. I'm delighted to be here, gathered with you guys. It's such a joy to hear you guys. Emily, would you mind giving a little intro about yourself? Absolutely. My name is Emily Wilson. Technically, I'm Wilson Hussam. I grew up in Los Angeles, California. I love life. I love Jesus. I love Chipotle. I love the Pacific Ocean. And I run a global ministry for young women, um, mostly in high school and college, to empower women to believe in themselves and who God created them to be. And I love it. Emily, did you rehearse that? (laughs) No, that was amazing. People always ask me to, you know, provide my bio for this, provide my bio for that, and I've read it far too many times. times. (laughs) Do you always include Chipotle in that bio? Usually. Also, that comes from me having to tell people that I sit next to on airplanes what I do. So people tell them, I'm Emily Wilson. I love Chipotle. (laughs) I love Jesus. No, I should, though, because that opens up a lot of conversation avenues with people. But yeah, people say like, oh, like, what does your life look like? And so that's kind of what I tell them. Sometimes I include Chipotle, sometimes not. I just want to vouch right now that everything you said is true. You do yeah. love Chipotle. You do love life. I've, I've seen evidence of all these things. <laughs> Beth told me once what you called Chick-fil-A, but I forgot. Chicken filet. But also she has a, she has a Chipotle Oh, Chippy one. Chip is the... Oh, Chip Chip. Chip Chip. chip. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just think it's way more fun to just call things what they're not. And people just look at you confused and they think that you think that it's actually called that. And you're like, no, I know what it's called. Do but you it's call like, people... Do you have this thing for people as well? Do you uh, call Daniel something totally not his name? No, but <laughs> uh, my sister, my little sister lovingly calls everybody chicken or like chicken wing. And so a lot of times I'll address like people I love is like, hey, what's up, chicken? You say that about the baby all the time. Take this little chicken on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I call my nephew chicken wing. I just, I'll text my sister, how's the chicken wing? And she knows that I'm talking about her son. (laughs) I don't know. (sighs) Emily, I have been having these conversations with some dear girlfriends of mine, and you're the perfect person to talk to about them. I've just been waiting have this conversation. Okay. So I've, I've been chatting with some of my girlfriends who are mature, godly, gifted women who are sometimes like feeling a little bit, I don't know about insecure, just like, am I the right person for this job? <laughs> and, and I'm, I see that totally. in myself and I've, um, you've been so good to me as I've kind of unpack some of my own stuff that way. Um, I hear in the world of psychology, they might call that imposter syndrome. And so I wanted to chat a little bit about that today because you're just one of the bravest, freest people I know. And I thought you might have some insight. Well, thank you. I definitely know this is something so many women struggle with. Jenna, I don't know if you struggle with this as well, running something like Blessed Is She, but it's definitely a real 
like a reality that a lot of women struggle with. So when you're talking about imposter syndrome, are you talking about women who feel like they're just not good enough for God's call that they placed on their life um, or the ministry that, you know, they feel like God is calling them to? Is that what you're referencing? Yeah, I think, I think it could be about ministry. I think okay. it could be about work. I think it could be about any kind of gifting or calling, whether that's right. a vocation or just showing up in relationships. I remember learning about it a lot when I was doing a lot of classes and courses on like entrepreneurship and putting yourself out there before there's really any vouch from friends or family that say you were meant for this, you know, and, and in relation to ministry, if you feel like you have a call from the Lord, that is your assurance, you know, but that sometimes feels like not enough in like the human sense. Like I need someone to tell me that they think this is good and not just the Lord in my prayer. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. So here's my little secret to how I approach ministry. It's not really a secret. I talk about her all the time. Everything I do goes back to looking at the life of St. Joan of Arc, right? Well, of course, the life of Jesus. Jesus is my number one. Of course, love you, Jesus. Um, but everything She's not I in do, your bio, but Jesus is. is. <laughs> it's true. Very true. Um, everything I do goes back to looking at the life of St. Joan of Arc. And I think that looking at her life is very, very important, especially in terms of owning our call, right? Owning the call that God has placed on your life. God called Joan of Arc when she was very, very young to do what she did. And like in the beginning, she, you know, obviously she was bewildered, right? She was so young. She, I mean, she was just so far out of anyone, like you would think that the Lord would call to do what she did. But throughout her whole entire life, she owned her call. She looked for validation from no one. She was so convinced and the Lord really like equipped her and sustained her throughout all of, you know, the the entirety of her life. But she was so sure of God's call for her life. And I, you know, and it's amazing to look at her life. One of my favorite books is called Joan of Arc in her own words and to look at her life and, and, and just the things that she said and the surety that she had in the call that the Lord placed on her life. And that like how much time she could have wasted sitting at home thinking, oh gosh, I don't know. There's got to be someone better, right? Like maybe, maybe, you know, I'm imagining things. Maybe like, I don't know. I want someone to tell me like, this is the right thing. She didn't waste a second doing that. A, because she knew that there's urgency in the calls that the Lord places on our lives, especially in what she was called to do. And B, because she knows that when the Lord calls you to do something, you have the option to just stand up and own it and say, all right, Jesus, let's go. Or just be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And she stood up and she owned her call and she got out there and she just did it. So I look at her life in that way, letting her inspire me not to hem and haw and, you know, look for the validation of other people and other people to say like, Emily, like you're doing a great job, you know, this is Lord's call in your life. She's like, no, this is me and Jesus. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to own my call and I'm just going to do it. And I think there's a lot to be said for the example that she provides for us in that. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. How you said that Joan of Arc may have not been sitting there thinking, is someone better equipped for this job? One time I heard this um, talk from Christine Kane, and she was like, yeah, there's a ton of people that are better, <laughs> that are better suited for this. Like a lot of people that are better than me at speaking or at writing a book or at right. running a ministry. But this is what the Lord told me to do. So this is what I'm doing. And that was really freeing for me because I do feel like there's so many, I'm not, I'm not excellent at any of the things that I'm doing. I wasn't trained in them. I don't know what I'm doing pretty much every single day when it comes to mothering, when it comes to being a wife, when it comes to running blessed is she yet the Lord called me to it. And so even though there is someone better equipped out there, this is what he gave to me. Because your call has nothing to do with excellence. Your call has everything to do with the decision that the Lord has already made since the time that he thought you into being. The idea that he had for you to carry out, the mission that he had for you to carry out has nothing to do with excellence. It has everything to do with him handcrafting you to do it. Right. And that's like the the bottom foundational line of it, that it's not about, you know, you being amazing at it. And that's why he's calling you to it. It's he's calling you to it because he knows that you can. And because that's the design that he's had for your life since he thought you into being right. So people think it has to do with ability. It has to do with skill. Yes, that's a part of it. But I think that people think that it's so like more of a part of it than it actually is in the eyes of the Jesus who calls you to do it. Everything you said is so good. And also, Jenna, I listened to that talk and I didn't remember that. And I feel freer hearing (laughs) you tell me about that. That was so good. You know, I I went to confession last night and um, I was sitting in front of this beautiful mural of Christ the Pantocrator. Okay, so that's an old icon where half of the face of Jesus reflects his divinity and half of the face of Jesus reflects his humanity. That's like his droopy eye one, right? Yeah. He looks kind of tired on one side. That's the divine side. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always like, oh, Jesus, he needs a nap. You know, he's like carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. Uh And then the other side, he's like getting it done. You know, he looks very serious on the other side. He looks determined. Yeah. I want to say, like, it's very intense. Not scary, but, like, he looks very powerful. He looks very strong. And I just, I love to contemplate his face in that icon. And I was thinking of all the grace of that confession I just had, and I'm recently feeling very convicted to go to confession weekly. And so I was telling the Lord, like, thank you, thank you, thank you for this grace. Thank you for the sacrament. I'm sitting in this gratitude of having just received the sacrament and I'm like telling the Lord, I hope like other people do, but this is something I find myself doing where I'm like, Jesus, I just, I want to do this more. Like I'm going to be better. Like I really want to keep going to confession every week. This sounds so silly. It's like such a childish posture before the Lord. And I was especially thinking about the generosity of God's call on me and and on Jenna's life, especially in regards to this retreat in Ireland. And I'm just, I'm so Mm -hmm. humbled by it. And I don't understand why God would call me at all. And I was just telling him, like, I want to be holier. Like you've given me this call and I like want to do it justice. And the Lord just in his fatherly, gentle way was like, you, you don't have to do anything. 
Like, you don't have to earn this. I gave it to you. I'm giving you a gift. You don't have to deserve or earn a call, you know? It was so freeing mm-hmm. to me. You don't have to earn or deserve a call. Yeah. That's pretty profound. Well, it's like he called me to this, and it's only like, <laughs> like the discernment was like, yeah, let's do this. And then the reality of it is like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> like, I'm not holy enough. I am not responsible enough. I'm definitely not humble or generous enough. So it's like I'm trying to get ready on the back end. He's like, I'm not going to take it away from you. Mm. You know? Right. And then I look at little Joan, right? She's like, it's like tiny little teenage girl. And she could have thought all those things, but she chose not to. And instead she's like, all right, let's go. And that's how she got things done, right? Things, the mission that the Lord calls us to is never going to get done. If we are doing the hemming and hawing thing, Mm -hmm. if we own it and say, okay, maybe I, I could stop and think about how I don't, or haven't earned or deserved this call. Or I could say, okay, the Lord called me to this. I'm going to go forth and do it. No time is wasted there. And there's no time to waste when it comes to the mission of that Jesus Christ has for each of us. There's no time to waste. Yeah, we've been talking a bit about looking for outside validation, kind of waiting mm-hmm. for other people to secure it or affirm us or whatever. Totally. But I think for me, my own experience of this like imposter syndrome is really about my inner critic. I, I don't need other people. Other people aren't criticizing me. Other people are just championing me (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) but my inner critic is sometimes brutal and why do you think that is i mean emily so many reasons do you have an inner critic jenna that just harps on you if i um i guess like dwell on it enough yeah but mine i mean when i when i was talking earlier about like going through those courses and learning about business and stuff like that it was a lot of outside critic of right just like fellow co-workers or family like what are you doing what is this yeah you're running a women's ministry <laughs> you're you're in charge <laughs> um <laughs> like one of my friend's husbands once said about me because I like couldn't figure out my health insurance <laughs> the health insurance is really confusing to me And he was like, Jenna runs a worldwide women's ministry and she cannot figure out her health insurance. I just always just kind of look like a hot mess. So I guess it's my inner critic confirming what it is I receive from the outside. That's true. But thank goodness health insurance has nothing to do with the mission that God has equipped each of us with. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Praise be to the Lord Because the if there's anything worse in the world than insurance, <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> so true. So, Beth, how do we, like, how do you feel like women can learn to silence their inner critic and really, like, tune into the voice of the Lord that says, like, no, I, like, I called you to this. Like, get going. Well, I don't know, Emily. That's a question on my show notes for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as women, we're, like, horrifically critical of ourselves. Like, it's unbelievable. You know, the conversations that I have with women and the way that we speak to ourselves, I mean, it's just unbelievable. So I'm kind of trying to get to the bottom of that, of, like, why we're so horrifically hard on ourselves, whether that's in motherhood, in ministry, in our jobs, whatever that might be. I don't know if that's something that you guys see with women in your lives, but I see it with women all the time. And... 
teaching women to be gentle with themselves is really important to me because I think that the world would be a better place if women were more kind to themselves and more gentle with themselves and allowed themselves room for error and things like that. But I think that, again, that inner critic, I have to ask, like, where is that voice coming from? And usually it's the voice of the enemy who wants me to doubt the mission and the call that God has placed on my life so that I hem and haw over it and doubt it and do end up doing nothing. I think what you're saying is spot on that the enemy really does go after us, especially in areas of our calling or our greatness or our gifting to try and sideline us. Absolutely. But it's no secret to anyone. I'm in counseling and I just had this really excellent (laughs) appointment and we were talking about automatic negative thoughts and she called them hot thoughts which I loved. Like I just thought it was so descriptive and it really captured my experience of it. Because I think when I've looked back on some of those things that like dog me, you know, insecurity or beliefs about myself or about other people or about my future, whatever it is, sometimes that's the enemy, but sometimes it's just me like repeating the same garbage tape that's been running for however long. And yeah. so she was kind of walking with me through how to just identify, okay, that's an, that's an automatic assumption. That's a hot thought that literally lights my body up with shame or fear or anger. And nothing's even happened. It's just that there's this well-worn neural pathway. There's this lie that I've been believing about myself for however many years. And I'm assuming again that it's true in this situation. Yeah. Right. And those can, you know, dictate every decision you make throughout your lives if you don't identify them and allow them to be healed and and or corrected. That's really, really important. So, yeah, I mean, that critical voice comes from our upbringing, comes from the people who raised us. um, But it also comes, yeah, definitely from the enemy. Because if there's anything I've learned, like in ministry and looking at my own life, if if there's anywhere the devil wants women, it's just at home doubting their call. Right. Mm hmm like that because that's where nothing gets done and that's where the kingdom of heaven on earth is not advanced and is just you know paralyzed because all these women are at home thinking like oh there's someone out there better than me that's where he wants all of us and I feel like a lot of times if we don't you know step up to identify what that voice is like that critical voice on us all the time especially about mission especially about call um if we don't identify that it's so easy to be susceptible to it And then, like, how much uh, is, like, the kingdom of God missing out on because we're doubting everything? Mm. It's tragic when you really think about it. Yeah. I know you've had your fair share of critics online, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Um, they are not Beth Davis' favorite people. Yeah. (laughs) Beth Davis is, is ready to fight them. Yes. It's unbelievable what people will say. Oh, people say the scariest, craziest things to me. Most inappropriate things. How dare you talk to my friend Emily that way? Anyway. Yeah. How dare you? So for the woman listening who isn't running a global ministry, mm-hmm. what would you say to her who's having just a, an outside critic, but someone in her personal life that just criticizes her or helps put those thoughts in her head. Like where does, how do we practice our assurance in the Lord or how do we practice staying rooted in our identity as a daughter? You get comments 
I think about who are you to be talking about this? Have you ever gotten a comment like that? Um, yes. Okay. So like for a woman who's just living her life, working at her job and someone says, who are you to be thinking that you're qualified enough for this? Or who are you like, you're not a good mom or you're a really crappy sister or like just how do you parallel those two, I guess, and, and say to the woman who's struggling with it in her daily life, how do you combat that? Totally. Well, I mean, I think it's, I just look at the things that people say to me and everything that people say to me that, you know, what they say, like a girl <laughs> last week on my, I had a, I have a video on YouTube about, um, how I was a virgin on my wedding night and how my husband was as well. And, um, I just talk about how like that was a positive experience for me. And I just speak to my own story <laughs> and a girl told me, that he's like, you're a terrible human. Like that's, what's like the comment that she wrote. <laughs> and like, you look at something like that or someone who says like, you're not a good enough mom or whatever. Does that have anything like, does that like have anything to do with me? No, that speaks volumes about that person Mm -hmm. that has everything to do with the problems that they're having with themselves, what they're going through, obviously, then every single time they are projecting their insecurities, struggles, whatever that may be about themselves onto me. That's the first thing that I have to realize, right? Like someone says, like, you're not doing a good job as a mother. It's like, hmm. Let me step back and look at this. This is a problem that this person is having with themselves. I um, I tell the, the young women that I work with to sometimes when people t- say horrible things to them, I say, you tell that person, I'm sorry, but your misery is showing. Mm-hmm. Your misery is showing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Because that's what, I mean, the girls who say, oh, you're a terrible human. I mean, I can't even repeat things that people say to me, but... You know, that's what I want to tell those people. Your misery is showing because you're obviously miserable. You're obviously trying to take it out on me. And that's the first thing that I have to recognize. And to take those things back to the Lord, um, you know, people who ask, who are you to be doing this? Or you're a terrible mother. You're not going to sister, blah, blah, blah. To take those things to the Lord and lay those things at the feet of the Lord and say, Lord, like, is this true? Is this true? If not, tell me what the truth is because I know in my heart that it's not true, but I want you to, I want to hear you tell me that this isn't true. I want that affirmation from you Um, because sometimes you just need that affirmation, right? Like when you're at home just trying to be the best mother you can be and someone's like, you're doing it all wrong and you just feel like, oh my gosh, just to take that to Jesus and to say like, tell me really what's the truth. But, like, in terms of faith, it's really hard to be a woman of faith, I think, in this day and age. I don't know if you guys agree with me. It's hard to live your faith as a woman, whether you are a mom at home or a woman in the workplace, whatever that may be. You get a lot of critical people about your faith, about what you believe, about what you practice. And I still go back to Joan of Arc. And I think, like, especially on YouTube or whatever, I I think, like, if Joan of Arc can live her faith to the point where she was willing to be burned at the stake... I can deal with these YouTube commenters. I can deal with people who have told me a million times over how silly my faith is and how stupid I am and all these different kinds of things. I can deal with all of that because I'm not, you know, being tied to a stake and being burned alive, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's unbelievable when I put things in perspective. It's like, oh, my gosh, if Joan can deal with that, I can deal with this and I can press on in the midst of, like, that challenge of being a woman of faith today of critical people of all those different kinds of things perspective has changed everything for me it's it's very very important 
Yeah, I think just having the wherewithal in the moment to step back and say, objectively, like, whoa. Totally. That, instead of getting, like, sucked into it and making these assumptions about yourself or what you're doing and questioning things to step back and say, like, what's really going on here? And why am I reacting so strongly? Is my emotional reaction disproportionate to this situation? You know? Yes. It's a much healthier view that that comment, first of all, is so random and off and inappropriate, (laughs) but it could have, you know, for someone who isn't as secure in the Lord's love or in their call on their life, whatever that might be, that could have been a comment that kept you up at night, you know? Totally. Totally. And that was the thing that, you know, I had to learn to do in college, right? When I was trying to live my faith in college, I had to say, I have to let go of what other people say. Like, I have to let it go right now or I'll never make it. I'll never make it. And I feel like that's something that every, you know, person of faith, woman of faith has to decide to say, like, I have to not take these things to heart. I have to not let them keep me up at night or once again, I will allow them to keep me from what God wants me to do and what God has called me to do in the world, whether that's in my home, whether that's in the you know greater outside world, whether I'm a teacher at the school, whatever that is, to learn to you know just press press through those things and say, I'm not going to let this affect me. It's a very, very conscious decision, but a very, very hard one. And I'm sure you, you know, Jenna, you have that running running blessed is she you know, you're going to run a global ministry and people are going to have all these different kinds of things to say and learning to not internalize those things to, to, to hear people, right? Like I hear people, I don't Mm -hmm. really, you know, a girl who tells me I'm a terrible human. Like, I don't really think there's like a point in engaging with someone like that, but to hear people, but to say, I'm not going to internalize this and let this affect a, the way I see myself, be the way I see my call. And, um, because I'll never get anything done if I do that. Like, I would never let get anything done. I would never post anything. I would never write anything. I would never make another video if I let what people say affect me in that way. And I don't know if you guys feel that. Even, whatever, after a talk you've given, someone says, like, something really, really silly. And you could say, like, wow. And you could never give another, like, you could decide never to give another talk again because someone says something to you, you know, that you internalize. And you think, like, wow, I must not be right for this. And then you never give a talk again. And it's like, nope, I can't, I can't do that. You got to like move past it and get out there. I just want the women to get out there and stop doubting and, you know, own it. I want them to own their motherhood and I want them to own their ministry and I want them to own their teaching jobs and all these different kinds of things and just own it. Not in a prideful way, but in a way that says the Lord's called me to do this. So I'm going to step up and I'm going to do it. That's what I want for women. I love that. Em, I love chatting with you. I would love to have an hour-long episode with you, but maybe I'll just call you later. Emily, would you mind closing us in prayer? Yes. I, I No, I would not mind at all. I would be happy to close in <laughs> prayer. Always happy to call upon the name of the Lord. All right. We begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this conversation and for the gift that it is to be a woman. Lord, I ask that you extend a special sense of reassurance of the call of each woman who will listen to this podcast um, in whatever season of life that she's in to just help her own the call that you've placed on her life, to help her just 
um, silence the voices that say she's not good enough, that tell her she's a fake, that tell her she's a fraud, and just look to you and say, Lord, I know that you've called me to this. I'm not going to doubt the call that you've placed on my life. I'm going to allow you to sustain me and equip me in carrying out the mission that you have placed on my life. I pray for a sense of confidence um, in each woman, a sense of assurance in what she has been called to do so that she may carry out um, and advance the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Lord, just make us confident women who know you love us, and who know that you call us to great things and to be your hands and feet in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Emily, what a joy. You're amazing. We love chatting with you. Thanks, Em. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.